Hello, everyone, and welcome to the home of Austin Rugby, the Austin Rugby Podcast. If you're watching or listening to the show, congratulations. You've made it to 2021. Man, the past couple of months have been crazy, to say the least. But here we are, and we're ready to get down and talk some rugby. If you're new to the podcast, hey, welcome. Glad you joined us. The goal of this show is to cover as much about Austin rugby as we possibly can. Unfortunately, COVID has drastically cut back on club and youth level rugby, which is sad because I think grassroots rugby is at the heart of the sport, right? We want to make sure that we continue to cover those as much as we can, and we will throughout the year here on the Austin Rugby Podcast. And grassroots rugby is important, and we will we cover that. and. That being said, we do have a bit of sad news to report um, on the first episode of the year, and that it is with heavy hearts that we inform you of the passing of Rock Rugby coach and former Canadian international Todd Knight, who was tragically killed in a car accident in very bad weather on December 30th. Now, I did not know Todd that well, having only met him once very nice guy but you can see through the posts and the hundreds of messages on social media that he was somebody who made rugby and made the game better and he made more of an impact on the game as a coach than he did while he was playing we know how great rock rugby has been for the growth of the youth game in the greater austin area greater round rock area and we know this has impacted the family, the rock rugby family drastically. We here at the podcast send along our deepest condolences to the rock rugby family and to Todd's wife, Sherry, and their two kids, Kelsey and Reese. Whew, that's not an easy thing to discuss and to talk about, uh, on the show, but I think it's incredibly important to discuss it as it is news related to Austin rugby family. But, you know, while the club level rugby and youth level rugby are really on hold right now, a lot is going on right now as the AGs, as the Gilgronies prepare for the 2021 season. Of course, over the next few weeks, we will cover the team. We'll cover re-signings, we'll cover new signings, coaching changes, community outreach, and so much more. Obviously, we can't cover it all in one episode. So what I'm going to do is we're going to start by talking briefly about each individual area, um, starting with our backline re-signings. And the backline for Austin through the years has probably been one of the least stable um, parts of the squad. I don't think there's been a single two-game stretch that has not seen at least two to three changes from match to match. And that impacts cohesive play. So I hope that these re-signings that we have coming back can create that needed stability in the back line that we so desperately have needed. I know that we only have five returning backline players, but I think that these re-signings will be a key to success for 2021. And what better way to start it off than by the captain himself, Zinzan Ellen Puttick, or Zazan, as I have screwed up in the first ever interview we had with Zinni on the podcast, but Zinni's been with us since the beginning, since year one, and has proven himself over and over and over again. He stepped up last year into the 10 spot, which is not his normal position. Uh, he's tough. Some of the fastest feet in the game. He fights for every meter. Love watching Zinni play. And it's really what we need from a captain. We need somebody who's going to battle and battle and battle. So glad to hear that. I think that with the two other re-signings that we have, who we'll get to in a second, Zinni's going to move out of that 10 spot and into either his preferred role at 15 at fullback or maybe even slot in outside center at 13. Um, time will tell where Coach Harris ends up putting him, but I do think that Zinni is, man, he's, he's just going he's gonna to be key to us. And I think that's going to be really important. The next, of course, we have two international number 10s who will be taking that burden off of Zinni. First, we have, you know, Tongan International. We have 
Kurt Morath and USA Eagle Will McGee. While Kurt and Will only got one game last year, it was the win in the Texas Cup over those much, we're not called hated, but much despised Houston Sabercats. Kurt actually went into the game, started it, and got into the 60th minute and went out with a slight injury. So he didn't actually get a full game and neither did Will, but Will did step up in that match, slotted in a game-winning penalty to give us the win over Houston in the first ever Texas Cup match. Both Kurt and Will are top class. Neither one, excuse me, either one can step in at, at 10. And of course, both having really high pedigree. And the other new signing that we have coming in, Mac Mason, who we'll talk about it later, give Coach Harris this really great triple threat at first five eights. I'm pretty I'm pretty fascinated about what's going to happen with that combination of those three. I think the backline play will be really unique and kind of change based on who's going to slot in at 10. So that's that's pretty exciting, I think. The next one we have, of course, is I'm going to talk about Houston, the West Houston native, Mr. Roderick Waters coming back. Roderick was a 2020 MLR rookie. Um, he's a powerhouse runner. Uh, if you saw the game against DC, he's a big hitter as well. Don't just because he's not, you know, six three or something. Don't think that he's not going to truck people. So I think he's really excited to watch Roderick play. Strong runner, uh, again, lots of runs with power. He runs straight downhill, and that's what I think is what what's really needed. So um, he was consistent last year for Austin. Played every single match, started every single match on the wing, and only I think he only played. He, he, he played every minute except for like the last 20 minutes against Houston. And that says a lot. Like you got to have the endurance. You got to have the strength to do it. And I think that Roderick has that. So looking forward to seeing what Roderick can bring to the table in a full season uh, and getting some experience from some of these new signings coming in too. So that'll be, um, it'll be good to see as well. And then finally, the fifth re-signing on the wing, the big man himself, the tank himself, Frank the Tank, Halai, and... It's pretty hard not to notice the impact that Frank had when he arrived last year against Utah. On his first touch, grabbed the ball, took it about 50 meters, and almost scored a try. I mean, that was fantastic. Electric is the word I would use. He did score twice for us last year and looks to be a big threat in 2021. But I think the big question now remains is whether or not Frank will play at his preferred 13, or excuse me, preferred 11 or 14, or if he will slot in at outside center at 13, like he did in 2020. We'll see. Kind of remains, it's up in the air. Uh, I would prefer him at 11. I don't think anybody's going to be able to contend with him out on the wing if Frank can get out there in an open field. So uh, we saw it, you know, in, in the last three games of the season. I think with this. I think with the new signings coming in, Frank can be pushed out there. I think he can be 11 or 14, which means look out MLR wingers who want to try to tackle that man. So he's called the tank for a reason. <laughs> oh, as you can see, man, we've got lots of talent coming back in 2021. And with the addition of the new signings and giving us depth and long needed stability that Austin hasn't had probably since year one. Next week, we're going to move on to forwards, and we're going to talk about who got who we got returning to the AGs uh, in 2021 in that forward pack. Man, some excitement in there. Whew, lots of power. When we come back, we'll sit down with our first interviewee of 2021. You're listening and watching the Austin Rugby Podcast. <laughs> Well, it's the first interview of 2021, a new season, new team structure, new, I mean, so much more has gone on in the past couple months with Austin than probably with any other team minus the two expansion teams in Dallas and the Giltinis and stuff. We've had so many changes. Um, one of those changes technically happened last year, but it actually got announced this year and it's kind of exciting. So for our first guest, you know, 
I, I thought who better to come on than a, a local fan favorite, an icon of of Austin rugby. Well, we'll call him that and have fun with it. But I'd like to welcome on our very own Austin area native, Round Rock native, Christian Osberg. Christian, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of a, of a past, well, almost a year now, right? Like, so a year ago you yeah. were, you, you had left France. So you were at uh, Stad, uh, oh, guys, I forgot how to say it, uh, Arlac? Oriac. Oriac. Okay. So you yeah. were at Stad Oriac playing, you know, Pro D2 over in France. Mm-hmm. And you technically were over here around this time last year. Is that correct? Yeah. So roughly when it, it happened so quick, like, um, I was at a point over there in France where, you know, nothing was really happening. You know, I think with everything that had happened about a year or two beforehand, it almost just seemed like management, everything like that. They're just like, look, they kind of knows too much going on and like under the table with business and things. And, uh, I think it's kind of just time to get them out, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, it seemed like no matter what I did, I was, every day, blood, sweat, tears, putting everything into it to try and just even get selected. And it just wasn't happening. Yeah. You know, I could all day run up and down the field, break away, outrun fullback, score tries. Like I was feeling good. And they'd be like, you need to do more. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. Um, literally. Uh, so I just contacted my agent, like, look, what should we do? You know? And I remember his first option was, um, you know, I've got a guy over in Russia Ooh. if you want to get over there. And I was like, Siberia, all that. That's not sounding too fun right now. But like, <laughs> as, as, as an Austin native, Siberia doesn't exactly. Yeah, that, no, not so much. No, 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 no. no. So uh, he's like, we could throw you over there. He's like, they're, you know, and it was it was the Russian team that plays, you know, in the uh, in the Champions Cup and things like that. So, okay. you know, I mean, not a bad team, but it's still like it's the only Russian team. I was like, if yeah. you really think I, if you think that's my only option. Okay. Yeah. I just kind of slid in there. I was like, mm, maybe check Austin just to see. Yeah. Cause I heard at the time, you know, things were changing. The whispers. So quickly. <laughs> exactly. So, and they just, everything had just come out with the Gilgronies too. So I was like, eh, maybe we just check over there. Yeah. And it all just sort of happened. So quick, that's awesome. So. Well, so let, let, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to that, but let's kind of get, let, let's go back in time. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you're a kid, you're, you're growing up in the round rock area. You, you know, yeah. you, you went to, <laughs> excuse me, you're there at you know, Stony Point high school in round rock and, yeah. you know, getting, how'd you get a hold of rugby? You know, what was, what was the rugby scene like in, in Texas, in that area at that particular time coming up back in, well, it wasn't what, anything. What, what year, know? what year was that? 2010, that was 2000. I first picked it up. I guess that was 2010, like, you know, early of 2010, yeah. uh, freshman year of high school, you know, and I, you know, was, I'd always been a big guy, but I never really started growing into my body until towards the end of high school and, and really got it. So I'm a goofy freshman in high school <laughs> and not really athletic yet. And always is dreaming that I can do something in football. Um, well, you're from Texas. Of course you have to, yeah. you, you have to. Yeah, exactly. And at that time, Stony Point was actually doing really well with their football team. I mean, they were three, four years in a row. We went to the you know, state semifinal mm-hmm. every single year. I mean, we had guys who were going to UT, Baylor, everything. So we had some, I mean, football was big for us at the time. And that's all you're kind of thinking about. Um, but yeah, I just kind of heard that we had a team. I was like, that might be kind of cool. And it was considered like it was a legit team. By all standards, I mean, it played against all, like, all the high school teams in the state. You mm-hmm. know, you're St. Thomas at the time, who was the powerhouse. You had um, the straight Jesuits. You had all those uh, Dallas Jesuit. We played against all of them. But by the school standards, we, they were looking in. We were considered, we weren't considered really a big deal. You know, yeah. they had us in the back with the chess club, the glee club. the We were just a whatever kind of club off to the side. So, yeah. um, Well, the fact that you had it in your high school. Is something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I was in high was, school, ten years yeah. plus prior to you, <laughs> we did not have yeah, it in high I school. Mean, exactly, exactly. And uh, it was run literally by uh, just a high school teacher, history teacher who loved rugby to this day, loves rugby, yeah. everything, and it was just the driving force. It was literally just him pushing it. And then 
fast forward to now, you know, we get other, some other people involved and it's now in a whole area yeah. team and it's, you know, it's also doing pretty well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in, sure that times are nationally ranked and stuff. Too, yeah. And so, so for those that aren't listening or those are listening and watching that aren't familiar, it's now become rock rugby, basically um, that yeah. whole area, you know, kind of taking the whole round rock I don't know. I don't know how far they go over to Cedar Park, Leander. I know the people from all over the, that that part of town <sighs> that, that come in. Like it's a it's a big area. That, I feel like Rock might have told me, Coach Rock might have told me maybe there was a kid or two from like Austin High School or like yeah. AISD, something like. I mean, they That's literally awesome. are just welcoming to everybody. It's like if you can't get to any of the schools close by you, yeah, come over to us over and, us. and you can play with us. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. So so you go from you go from high school, you get selected to play uh, with uh, uh, the USA select side uh, was in 2019 uh, playing the AR, was it mm-hmm. a, not the ARC, it was, uh, I forget what the, the, it was, the IRB, it was, the the junior, ARC, junior, but, yeah. it was before the ARC and the, you played the oh, junior yeah. world championships and stuff like that. Kind of yeah. t- take us, take us through that all the way up to, you know, going into your D2 time. Like, so okay. you've, you've, you've oh, kind of, tra- yeah, I know you've traveled a lot. You've been, been I've around. traveled a lot and I feel like, um, everything since the beginning, even back in high school has always just been focused on going overseas and playing professionally. Yeah. That's kind of where everything was. Cause I mean, you had at the time, especially back in high school, there was nothing at all, even pointing in the direction of anything professional here in the U S. So no, everything was, to do anything, you have to leave Texas. And that was at the time too, where anyone even playing on a national team, whether it be age grade, U20s, up to collegiate All-Americans to, you know, the men's side, there was no one out of Texas. Yeah. So I was like, the only way to be looked at is to leave. Which led to, I got selected after a couple of years of playing for uh, the high school All-Americans, which led into getting looked at for college, uh, which led to getting a scholarship for Life University. Um, fairly well known, you know, yeah. Co- and, I, and a lot of that too, yeah, <laughs> and a lot of that too is I feel like I've always been a first for a lot of things. You know, I felt like there wasn't a lot going on in Texas and I kind of wanted Texas to be known through high school mm-hmm. with what I did through high school kind of made Texas known slightly because I brought that with me to the high school Americans <laughs> and I brought that with me to life university and I helped pave the way for a lot of local guys and promoted them to try and come into life university. Cause I was one of the first, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was the first, I think actually out of the area for like scholarship purposes. Nice. Um, and then just kind of was helping up however much I could, you know, to kind of keep driving it here locally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So after my freshman year of high school, which that was a whole crazy thing, um, <laughs> cause I broke my jaw um, in, in my freshman year of high school, nice. as, as, uh, as, yeah. ma- as many do, <laughs> as you do, as you do. Uh, and so fast forward a couple months through that, I end up somehow getting selected for the USA under twenties. First bit of rugby since breaking in my jaw was with the U twenties. So that was kind of cool. Cool. <laughs> and, um, did fairly well, um, in the junior world championship. Well, when we were in that, yeah. even though we got pumped by everyone, like a hundred to nothing, but. But you, yes. you, you got to think about the growth of the sport from then. Yeah. Even Well, know, we were in the now. pool of death at that time. Yeah. I mean, you we're, we're in France so, and France, in our England. pool, there's us, France, England, South Africa. South Africa won it the year before. Yeah. England wins it that year and we're playing against the home country. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you expect out of us? <laughs> really? Like yeah. it wasn't we weren't going to do much anyway. Um, but yeah, I did well enough of just some basic stuff where I had some agents contact me and I put it off for a year. Cause I was like, I kind of want to focus on school. Yeah. Um, but then just had a crazy rough year where, uh, you know, I guess emotionally, mentally, everything was just up and down and I just needed something different. So I contacted back these agents and I was like, Hey, let's see what we can do. Yeah. And I just took the first contract that was offered, which was to go to Italy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, spent, after that, it was just, it's been a good time there. Went over to, you went to England as well. Yeah. So yeah, in the same years. season I was there for, I was literally England, Italy happened within the same season. So I went to hmm. Italy, was supposed to be there for the full season. It was like eight months or so, nine months. And, uh, was only there for six because I, um, 
some team in England heard about me and they ended up buying me out of my contract and I flew up there. So within a week, <laughs> we had to, got the phone call like a Monday, Tuesday, sign the contract, Wednesday, switch, you know, rugby federations. And luckily I was able to do that easily because I had a Swedish passport. So yeah. that was easy. Let's talk about that and, family stuff a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, so what was that like a Wednesday switch federations Thursday? I get my plane ticket Friday, fly out Saturday. I'm on the bench <laughs> in England and I'm doing lineouts with them. And they're like, well, let's see what you got. You know, now is the time to see yeah. on my first lineup. They're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I guess this was a good call. <laughs> it could have gone a whole lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So, and then when it got to England, that was the first time I was only time I was on the bench. And after that, I started every game yeah. there in England and within about maybe a month after that, I was in negotiations with moving over to France. So like it all happened so quick. Man, that's, that's, but, it's, um, it's kind of a whirlwind. And so, but and, and you spent yeah. how many years, five years at, in France? Yeah. About, around, five. about five years or so. I mean, that's a, that's about a, five years, that's a long yeah. time for, you know, I, I, I one team, you know, you talk about people who yeah. are playing in uh, anywhere right now in professional rugby around the, yeah. around the world. Most people don't spend that time there. So it's good to yeah. kind of have that longevity. You kind of create roots and a basis there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you've, you've gone, you've spent your time in France, you've, you've played over there and then Austin happens and, yeah. the, and then you come to Austin, you're lacing up and then something called a pandemic happened. What, what was that? <laughs> um, yeah. So even leading up to that, I mean, like I said before, I needed something and Austin was there to kind of help yeah. pick me up, you know, um, and I only threw it out there in the first place as his home, yeah. you know, born, raised, literally, I am Austin to my core. Yeah. And, um, to even have that chance where I actually got lucky where I'm looking for the opportunity and they're like, we actually got some injuries and we were actually about to contact you in the first place yeah. just to see, um, and within a week and a half or so, you know, I was yeah. on my way over. But Austin wasn't your first choice, right? It wasn't actually... No, not since... Not from the beginning, it wasn't, no. It wasn't in the top five, was it? Um, okay, maybe we'll call it. It wasn't top three. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no. I'd say leading up to when the change happened, or let's say... It became more intriguing once the first rebranding happened and then four or five months later when the second rebranding happened, it was, it just sounded a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's, and then of course the, the team was getting ready to announce your arrival or your signing that, that week of San Diego, the week that got canceled. Oh no, uh, the day the league and the sporting world shut down was the day, that that you was were the day I was supposed to get announced. Yeah. So I'm like waiting, speaking to like our social media guy, like, Hey, when are you thinking about announcing everything? Like, uh, Austin, get me out there. Come on, man. One o'clock. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. We get to noon, one o'clock and I'm seeing, you know, NBA MLB is everything. calling everything off. NBA is calling everything off. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then we get to a few, like a few hours after they were supposed to. And I get a text from him like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do it today. We don't want you to kind of get hidden <laughs> yeah. behind all this stuff. I was like that. I totally get, yeah, that's fine. Little, 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 little did you realize that the getting hidden would last about five and a half months, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I was in this weird bubble situation where my contract was only for three months anyway. Yeah. And, um, so once everything was done and, uh, technically season was done and Malar called everything off, yeah. my con- I'm like, my contract must be done too. Free agent. Yeah. I'm a free agent, but then no one knew where I'm at. Everyone had just heard I left France. Yeah. There was some rumors I was here in town, but other than that, you know, that, that there was nothing. Yeah. And so I didn't really hear much at all for a long time. And I was just telling my agent constantly, like, maybe we try here, maybe we try here, maybe we try this, maybe we try that just to get something, something. going, you know, even though Austin was saying they're like, we want to keep you, we yeah. want to do whatever, but well, it's also kind of hard yeah, too, because nobody was playing rugby. No one's playing, no one's doing anything. And I'm just more, I just do so much better with communication. So I was like, if we've got some communication going on, whether it's positive or negative, I'm just going to feel better because at least that makes me know that I'm on people's radars. Yeah. We were going months with nothing. I was like, oh, (laughs) like this couldn't have happened at a worse time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
but, but from the beginning, Austin was, I mean, we were talking, I mean, that this was where I was going to be no matter what. Yeah. It was just a matter of, you know, like I said, communication. That's all I was looking for. And once we got it going, it happened so quick. So yeah, it, was it, easy. it happened. You, you've been announced. You've been all over social media. I mean, man, it, yeah. like you've got, uh, you've been on other podcasts. I know uh, yeah. with the Eagles abroad, I think was one of them I mm-hmm. saw and you've been on, I don't know. Have you been on you know, ESPN? Any talk shows on there that I missed or anything like that? <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. You know? Yeah. But, I'm not like on the negotiations. So. So, so some, sometime soon. But, you know, it, yeah. but it's been exciting, right? So since, since you've announced that you are coming back, we now have, mm-hmm. you know, new coaches, new yep. teams, new FA. What's... Give me a feeling of what it's like right now for you and kind of the excitement now. Like you talked about like, oh yeah, it was interest, you know, the first rebrand of, you know, going to the herd. And yeah. then like the second was like, oh, that's even more interesting. Now, fast forward from those five months, um, take out the person, the great personal things that happened to you, which we'll, we'll mm-hmm. round out about at the end. Um, but then you know, tell us what it's like now with the team. Like what, what's kind of the excitement around how have you guys been handling yeah. stuff, getting ready for, you know, the season, new coaches, new mm-hmm. everything. Um, I mean, it has been very different. You know, I came in already excited back at the beginning of COVID, seeing something completely different than what I was used to, um, to now and gaining some trust actually from then with only the two weeks really that I was there and relationships. And I was like, this is where I want to be to now fast forward and realizing the issue for maybe some lack of communication with even me staying in Austin was due to the fact there was so much going on <laughs> behind, behind the scenes, yeah. you know, like we're getting a, practically a completely new team. We're getting yeah. completely, almost completely new coaching staff, literally completely new coaching completely staff, new coaching completely staff. New staff yeah. you know, I mean, everything, uh, within it's the, almost like a whole new organization. It is. And it's, and it's pretty much the bread and butter of what I knew going into Austin it's not the same, yeah. you know, it's completely different and still trying to get used to it on my end because I mean, I barely, I mean, I came into a new team trying to develop new relationships and within two weeks of what I thought I was like, <laughs> going in the right direction. I'm having to do something else completely different Start and it's over here. zoom yeah, right. and it's over phone calls and it's over, you know, and, and these coaches wanting to keep me and they've literally heard nothing about me. I think that was, a, I think that was kind of the cool thing with all this is, um, you know, I do check off a lot of boxes with the team values of yeah. being local, of having some professional experience, things like that. And I think that's what helped me stay in yeah. within the coaches sort of ideas and core values. But, you know, we're kind of starting to learn each other now. And, um, with just a few zoom calls and some one-on-one talks and, um, it's all moving in a right, like a great direction yeah. for me personally, for where I want my career to go, as well as with where the team was to where it's going to be going. Yeah. And that's I mean, all going to be. I think there's right? a level, a new level of excitement as well. Right. Like, so oh, there's, you know, we talk about, you know, I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> People mm-hmm. know this. We've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. It's exciting to see billboards on 35 and first street. Like look, you drive through downtown mm-hmm. and you see, I joked on Twitter to Dan Power, who I'm talking to a little bit later, uh, about yeah. the uh, <laughs> the Kurt's uh, sultry eyes staring into you, oh kind of coaxing you to come to watch rugby. <laughs> it does. It's, it pierces your heart and soul, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I think for me, I, it, it surprised me actually. I was uh, visiting family and and doing team stuff in Round Rock, and I'm. And I'm heading back to to my parents, and and as soon as you get off 45 and get onto 620, there's another big billboard there yeah. for, that I saw a few weeks back. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And I I had to swerve a little bit. I was like, oh, let's stay on the road. <laughs> it does. Like, it's it's Kurt not stares, stares into your soul. It's very subtle. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, very subtle too. You really have to look, and it's it's a great billboard. Yeah, no, it. it's it's good stuff, and it's good to see all the great stuff that's been going on. You know, for you. You know, rugby aside, like you're you're now coming home. What's it going to be like? I know your family is, uh, your parents are your biggest supporters. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I've talked to your dad on Instagram and stuff. We look, <laughs> we look behind you at your, you are at your parents' house. We look yeah. behind you and your shrine, shrine of, <laughs> of Christian. Uh, Basically, you know, he he had asked to do some of the uh, a Viking um, uh, graphic with uh, with some of your photos, yeah. which. 
I'll get to eventually. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I think you know what's it going to mean like to actually get out there? You know, and what now? We're sixty days, sixty uh, something days away. Fifty. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know the exact number anymore. Um, but yeah, we're, it feels weird. We're close. Honestly. What's it, you know, bold bold stadium, getting out in front of your parents and playing for the first time in MLR. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's a weird feeling because um, I think now it's just when I say the last month, the anxiety is kicking in where it feels like no matter what I do preparation wise, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not going to be ready. Fitness, yeah. I'm not going to be ready. I'm not going to be ready. <laughs> uh, that's how I always get around this time. Um, but I have to, like, I've had to change my mentality when it's been to coming home. Yeah. Since I was 18, I was always coming back to visit yeah. and it was always a visit and I was, could kind of come back, relax. I could kind of eat whatever I wanted for a few weeks. I could <laughs> chill. It was a vacation. So the last, you know, almost a year now, um, it's been work Yeah, and I've had to switch that up a little bit and everyone's mentality kind of around how things have been with my career, with the MLR, with everything like that has changed yeah. in the family, which has been great. Um, but it's just weird. I mean, I haven't played in Texas oof, since high school. Since 2000, really. yeah, since 2019 or 18 ish, whenever you, whenever. Yeah, was, yeah, literally. It was, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh that's right. Because you would have played. Yeah. No, you would have played. Yeah. I haven't played since high school. So it's been, no, it's been later 2012. <sighs> like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit crazy. So yeah. it's been a long time. And so. I'm just more looking forward to it to have, I mean, I haven't had the whole family watch me before. It's always been maybe for say that back last time, maybe the whole family watched me was maybe back in high school again, Yeah, but it's been, you know, eight, nine years now. So, and it's going to be, you know, you're the team is being built. You have your, we talked a little bit beforehand, you have yourself, but it's, that's going to be great for your parents to watch, but it's got to be exciting to play with some of the guys that are actually signing with the team now too. Like you talked, no, you and I talked too. about like yeah. the quality of players that are coming into play, you know, Sebastian oh, yeah. Chavez, like Regan mm-hmm. O'Gorman, like uh, the, uh, the unannounced <laughs> Isaac Ross <laughs> announced by yeah. some, but not announced by Austin yet. We'll see yeah. if it happens. I hope it happens. Um, but even as a player coach to, to learn from people like that, um, um, you know, that how does that make yeah. you feel from just knowing the, um, the quality of player that is coming in along with yourself to play in Austin, to be that engine room in that scrum in the, you know, be the line out winners. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, I'm excited, but I kind of interested how you feel about all these, these big profile players coming in. I think I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited for it. I think, uh, I've known for a long time. I mean, even back when you go back to like the pro rugby days, you know, for that one kind of crazy season, <laughs> I had, <laughs> guys, French guys with asking me like, do you know anything about this league? I want to get over to us to the U S and play. Like I knew players were going to be coming and I knew Austin had the potential of bringing some high profile guys and are just guys with a lot of experience, but I was not expecting the, uh, group that we've got coming in like this to where, you know, like last season, even just that two weeks I was there, I almost felt like, I was the highest profile guy that they had kind of coming in. Just, I mean, we had Will that had just come in. We had Kurt, but all these guys had just come in. All of us were just slowly coming in yeah. and we were the high profile, even though to see some of the guys we got coming in now, nothing even compares to it. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's so much skill level there that to learn from and to take from, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I think that's, that's really exciting. And that's, that's part of it, right? Like in previous seasons, we're always, you know, not, I know stuff happened for you different, but we're always like, okay, well, this guy is going to be here in two weeks and in three weeks and at the beginning of the season, we always had those hard times at the beginning of the year. Like we lost every, in the past three seasons, we've had early losses because we haven't had our team set and ready to go. But now, yeah, I mean, I know people that are like, all the guys are going to be here soon. Like Robbie could see, like he's already here. Like he's, you know, he's got yeah. a house. Like the guys are moving here. They're getting here. The coaches are here. Everybody's on their mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, we don't have to worry about visa issues this year. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, 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 I think that's been actually the really cool thing is they've really pushed it. Like we, we need everyone here by this time, just in case there's any mix up or craziness with the country, we can kind of limit that as much as possible. Yeah. Get everyone here as early as possible and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. So that's fantastic. That's well, it's, it's good stuff. I, I, I don't want to take much more of your time. I want to kind of ask you what is, what's been the top three things for you 
mm-hmm. that's happened since you've come back to the United States? Doesn't have to be top. right. Top, yeah. Top, top three things. Just curious. Well, maybe, maybe not in much of an order. Um, I think I know it should be number one. I'm, I'm hoping you save it. For- <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I'm not wanting to put an order in there. I mean, you can already kind of tell here, I guess, you know, um, I did get married and just recently too. Um, Congratulations, by the wife. way. Thank you to my amazing wife. That's even going to say. Is she, is she sitting there watching you right now as, as you're doing this? No, she honestly doesn't <laughs> care. This is my time. This is my time. Make me feel good. This is my girl. Hey, Amen. Happy wife. Happy life. I walk out there, I'm not the rugby player. You know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. you mentioned before, I've been on social media. I've been this, been that, and I'll be like, "Hey, have you seen any of that?" She's like, "No, I don't care." She's not going. She's not going to watch this or listen to this episode. Yeah, she she brings me from here down. She humbles <laughs> me out. So now your parents are the other way around. Maybe they're they'll definitely listen and watch. I think <laughs> your dad uh, for sure. I feel like it depends on the situation. You know, I've had them tell me like, "What are you doing with your career? You gotta figure like, let's do something else. You're you're looking too far into the stars or whatever." And then I've had other times where they're in the stars, and I'm like, "Yo, y'all need to calm down." <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's up and down. Nice. So it's been so, it's been a good time, honestly, being in the house because we're all kind of here in the house together yeah. and trying to make it work figured out right now with um, team, with pandemic, with all that. So, yeah. I think so, all so that. Mar- married is number one. That's a that's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. so, yeah. what's what's your other two? Uh, the other two, maybe um, I think probably just how close uh, me and the family have gotten. Not even just here in the house, but it's I've got a lot of uh, you know my aunt and uncle cousins. They live down the street. Grandparents. Uh, live in Round Rock. Um, so we've all found times and moments to get close and, mm-hmm. and get, you know, just kind of catch up and it's been good. It's been fun. Um, and I'd say the third might be, um, I don't know. I figured out a lot during 2020 with, with the pandemic. I feel like I knew, I knew uh, MLR was always going to happen. I knew Austin was always going to happen even when everything hit. Um, but I had to try and figure out a way to make ends meet and make things work and do some stuff on the fly. And I've matured a lot in time for reflection. Yeah. Big time. Nice. And realizing too, that, you know, there's rugby's not everything, which has been kind of hard to swallow. <laughs> but, uh, knowing that when rugby's all over and done with that, there's going to be a future. There's going to be something else after it. But then on top of that, take advantage of the time I've got with rugby because I feel like I've, had a lot taken away from me in a short amount of time yeah. and can use this time to uh, get back on track. Yeah. So what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to this upcoming season? Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking for getting, getting that, getting a starting spot. Really? Yeah. I think I'm, I think that being a consistent starter with that Jersey on, um, is going to be the biggest thing for me. And, uh, at the same time too, I'm looking forward to bringing sort of my, what I had overseas yep. and bringing it back here into Austin with some of the stuff I might've been known for over there. Yeah. I'm bringing it back over here with me and going to make a thing for it. So I'm looking at, looking at, looking forward to bring it all back and bring it all back home. That's awesome. Sound sounds good. Yeah. We, we look forward to it and we look forward to seeing you out there on the pitch. We look forward to, to watching you and the guy and the rest of the team play and kick off here and matter of weeks it seems like now so training is coming up soon for you or preseason yeah. stuff and so that'll be exciting but christian osberg we greatly appreciate you coming on and joining us and we look forward to catching up with you later in the year and all the good things coming out of austin here oh thank you thanks for having me Definitely awesome. catch up soon awesome appreciate it have a good one mm-hmm. you too All right, for my next guest on the show, we have the rugby icon, the voice of American rugby now on CBS for MLR for I don't know how many other channels he's on, but he's on everything. He is also the self-proclaimed 
OG Gilgroniak. We're going to talk about this a little bit too, but I'd like to welcome on to the Awesome Rugby Podcast, Mr. Dan Power. Dan, what's going on, man? <laughs> DZ, how you doing, brother? I'm good. And uh, from from one Gilgroniak to another, what an honor to be on the Awesome <laughs> Rugby Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, you know we said well if we're going to kick off the you know first show of the year with you know anybody well it's got to be you because you know like Gil Groniak at heart you, you know we, we know that you cheer for him every single week we, you love him you, you got you can't get enough of him I mean you got your head to toe with Gil with Gil Groniak gear right now <laughs> yeah, thank you thank you to the, the Gil Gronies Sammy Harris uh what a guy you guys have got a good one coming Wait, there did, to head did, coach did, with Mark Gerard. so did Sam lots to be gear? excited about for 2021 did he already give you gear is that where you got that from Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to. Sorry, you're gonna have to you pick up your game with with the big man. He's in town. He just got into town. So yeah, we saw, which is great. Here he has a soft spot for Franklin's barbecue. So <laughs> a bit of brisket over his way, and you have uh, some some burnt orange as well. Yeah, exactly. He's my house is not too far from Franklin, so we maybe have to invite him over for a little cookout stuff. So, so Dan, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Like we are. You know, we're, I don't know how many days exactly we're away. We're not too far away from kickoff of the season. Um, what are your kind of ex, you know, level of excitement for this upcoming season of MLR? Yeah, it's, it's exciting, right? Like a lot of change and, and I'm very sympathetic to, to the people in Austin, uh, obviously who've gone through the, you know, three iterations of, of Austin rugby, but it's a great city, mate. It really is. Austin's one of the great rugby cities in America. You've got, you know, the Huns, the Blacks, the Valkyries down there. There's this great culture for rugby. I've been down there doing ARC games when the USA was in town, mm-hmm. really well supported. Like they love their rugby and I'm, I'm hoping that they can get behind the Gilgronies. And one of the big reasons that I'm so vocal and so supportive of the Gilgronies is everything that they want to do in the community with Austin, right? It's, it's a community club feel. And I understand there's some history there, mate. And I think that the best thing is just look past that, kind of look to the future and get around it and embrace that professional franchise and, and move forward together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And this is one of the things we've been trying to push for the past two or three years is say, let's, how do we get everybody together to build a stronger rugby community? And I think that what the this organization that has come in since you know around this time last year uh they've really promoted this building of the community this building of ground up rugby this how do we build training facilities and things that will feed into not just the gilgronies but the usa eagles and further on so i think that that's that's important for everybody right now so i guess my, my my question to you starting off is uh austin's made a couple big signings uh, a couple, they brought in some, like, we've brought in tons of people. Anybody right now that you're really excited that's coming in to play for Austin this year? Well, I, I think two that you actually got last year, Kurt Morath. I mean, I'm a big fan of Kurt Morath. And his sultry, and, and his and, sultry uh, eyes. Build the drill. Will McGee. <laughs> oh yeah, you got me on that one. How about that? Did you ever think you'd see a day where Austin would be billboard laden with Kurt Morath? You know, like, what is it? Six billboards, five billboards went up? 13. How good is that? 13. 13. Oh, I'm sorry, Kurt. Yeah. He, he, deserves, he deserves 33. Yeah, He's right. He's that good. Um, <laughs> new signings. Uh, I really like um, McLean Jones. Yeah. Um, I think Just because he's an Aussie? Or? <laughs> no, like, there's always that tendency to kind of know those guys a little better. But um, And the other one was another Aussie as well, so uh, Mac Mason. But, well, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see how they use Mac. Like, yeah. Mark Gerard's a very, very smart guy and how he uses Mac in that back line with Kurt and Will would mm-hmm. be really interesting. But it also, as challenging as it is, it also provides a lot of opportunities for Austin to play a style of rugby that other teams may not without having, you know, the unique situation of having three true genuine ball players in their back line. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically all three of them have played international level, international players. Like I think because Mac Mason was... I think he's he played for the Wallabies a couple caps if I'm not mistaken, but I may be mistaken on that one. But at least at quality level, he was close. To, oh, his right behind Bernard Foley, I believe. Maybe not. I don't know. He was. He was his understudy for uh, for quite a long period of time. Yeah. So, but but yeah, that's exciting. And you know, I think it's you, you've you've listed a lot of the a lot of backline players. Anybody in the forward pack that you you're excited to see? You know, 
the engine room, if you will. <laughs> you know, again, not a new signing, but uh, two guys I really like, and, and I'm going to throw out another OG here. Yeah, Dustin is is Mason Patterson, and, oh, and man. talking to, to to Sam Harris, he was like the hitman. You know, Bastro tail between the legs, back to France, will never come back again. You know. Don't, <laughs> He, he's still he's still got Big Mace's shoulder imprint right in his chest, but absolutely to hear that he was a priority, yeah, for the Gilgronies to get back was great. I think he's a real talented young kid, and I love Dom Akina. I oh, mean, yeah. there's a lot to like about Dom, just the personality, the look, the athleticism, but the, the reports potential. are he's just a great guy as well yeah. and, and a real hard worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his, he'll actually be on the next episode of the podcast. So that'll be good. To, actually, both of them, uh, Pete Mason and uh, and Dom will oh. be on the next one. So that'll be fun. You'll have to tune in. Um, Look at that. It's almost <laughs> like we planned it. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, I, I, when, you know, on MLR kickoff, um, for those of you listening and for those of you watching and you don't know, but yes, this Jan Power is the host of MLR kickoff podcast with Mr. Pete Steinberg. Um, you guys did, you talked with Sam and that was kind of surprising that the first thing that he talked about was, you know, I don't know if it was like the first player that he wanted, but at least a cornerstone of what he wanted to bring back was Mason Peterson. And so I think that that's, you know, that, that says a lot to him and the quality of player that he is. So um, we're also excited for that one as well. Uh, and of course, Dom, I think is, and I think he's got USA Eagle written all over him. If he continues on his growth trajectory, at least in my opinion, he does. Of course, I'm no, I'm no former USA Eagle. I'm like, someone else but uh <laughs> yeah no i i am with you 100 uh, his ceiling is as high as he wants it to be yeah. and sam harris is going to be a great mentor for him yeah um so yeah watch out he's he's this year will be a big year in his you know how sharp his incline is in getting to international rugby yeah you were talking about sam and mark and obviously again more aussies but you know we've talked we've talked to him as well and um what do you think the level of I mean, obviously, they both have very high pedigree, um, lots of experience. What do you think that's going to mean to to have coaches there who have that kind of experience? Not that we haven't had it in the past, but I, I think there's these guys. A Mark Gerard is, I mean, how many caps he has for for Australia, and he's been coaching, and he's, I guess, the win record. We talked in the podcast last time with Sam, like his win record at the at Warringah was like the best in the league or the best in history of the club and stuff. So what's yeah. that pedigree going to mean to Austin? Well, it's shocking how young they are too. I yeah, mean, we're, um, the, we're the same, like Mark and I are the same age. Actually, technically you and I are the same age too. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, co coaching historically has been a game of experience, right? You, you kind of have to spend a long time as a, uh, uh, to, to steal an NFL term, like a yeah. specific, like a positional coach, tight ends coach, receivers coach. And you kind of go into an assistant coordinator, coordinator, then you may get a shot as a head coach. And um, for these guys to be so young, they've still really got a good feel for, for the game. Like they played it not too long ago. I think Mark Drive was playing for Australia about five years ago. Yeah. Games evolved, obviously, but not that much in the last five years. So you're getting a very fresh approach uh, a very creative approach, but they're also pretty experienced too. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've traveled the world. They've played under really great coaches. They've already coached at some great places. Like you mentioned, Warringah already, like really established club in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it'll be a fun season yeah. uh, to watch Austin. And I've, I've enjoyed talking to people around the league. And I, I know you, you've been there since year one and a lot of other people in Austin as well. And there's kind of like that little bit of like, you know, the Owen 16, you know, people in, people in Cleveland were going, you know, the Browns fans were like, Oh, it sucks to be an Austin fan, you know? And I am a Cleveland fan. <laughs> oh, but you go to the playoffs. I, uh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I, and I think a lot of the time that people are even now, like even with everything going on, you know, different people reporting like, well, it's Austin. And so it's just going to continue to be, you know, they're still looking at it. Like it's the same team and it's the same organization, but it's completely different. It's night and day. And so I'm just kind of, you know, as we look at it, we go, wow, there's, there's so much different from, from the front of the office or, you know, on the field, players are different. Quality of play is going to be different. You saw it at the last game against, against Houston. And so I think that that's, that's going to be big for us. And so, Hopefully that maybe draws fans in um, beyond just putting Kurt's face everywhere and, you know, pushing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it is going to be important. Um, 
excuse me, um, for the team this year. As far as, you know, you and, and, and how you project, you know, the season go out, like what are some of the things that you're, you're thinking that's is going to happen? Any big surprises you think may happen this season? Well, this is why I absolutely love Major League Rugby because there's always going to be surprises. Like if I were to sit down with you uh, in, in late August, early September as a Browns fan and be like, hey, who are the top five, six teams in the NFL going to be? You're probably going to get five of the six right every year. Yeah. Like it's pretty predictable. You don't get these kind of huge surges. And, and with Major League Rugby, I honestly feel as the league evolves so quickly, if a team – like doesn't keep its finger on the pulse and keep evolving and changing, they're going to fall off the pace. People are going to come up. They're going to drop. You're not going to have, what was it, 18 years since you've been to the playoffs? It's a while. <laughs> you're, not going to have, you're not going to have that kind of we situation. 2002. Yeah, it's an 18 yeah, Tim, years. Tim Couch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, that hurts. Okay. I'm sorry. Also, same, same colors almost too. That's the, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of that brown <laughs> orange. And, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's uh, one of those things where uh, the what you're talking about is everything's going to be different. And I think you know, last year, and people had an idea of what was going on, and the team was changing. But I think going into this year, I don't think anybody for it, yeah, it knows what's going to happen. I think it's kind of like an up in the air. You know, Seattle, the, the back-to-back, you know, champions. They, they a lot of players that left. We got uh you know the fabio of rugby mr jeff hassler you know coming to play for us now um so i think that's also one of those things that you, you, people talk about like oh austin may finish last again i saw that the other day. it's like give me a break like, how do you even know like the quality do you not see the quality of players yeah. that come into austin right now <laughs> i know and that's like who would have predicted i know we had a short season but seattle back-to-back champs in fairness ravaged pretty oh. badly by injuries this year yeah. but they, they just did not look like they could get themselves out of that hole. And it would have been an interesting team to watch as the year progressed, whether or not they could have made a run where Austin from week yeah. one to week five and the win over Houston were improving considerably week after week. And they, I, I think I jokingly said uh, they had San Diego next. I'm like, you know, jokingly, but kind of serious they could beat San Diego. This could be like an upset. And I, I, I truly believe that it was possible. Yeah. I think at that time we had, we were getting ready to right before the end of the season, the Florida got canceled. We were getting ready to Christian Osberg, but just come in and was getting ready to get in and start playing. We talked about, um, and then also you had, you know, all the guys who you would have had a great, I think Kurt got hurt in that Houston game. So you would have had Will playing at fly half you know, and ready to go in and ready. You, you had a more cohesive unit, I think, moving towards that way. Mm-hmm. So coming off that would have been, you know, I, I would have loved to seen it. Um, don't know what happened, but we can show to coulda, woulda, but you know, would have won it all, buddy. We, we would have won it all. Just, just like we won the, uh, the, the rugby, the digital championship for the E, the E That's rugby. It. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about broadcasting right now. So one of the guys uh, in in the supporters group, his name's John. We, we love John. John, however, is deaf and can't come on the podcast. So he sent a question he had, he had for you. Um, his question was about the quality of broadcast and MLR and do you see like what new things will be implemented or could be implemented this year in the quality to help improve the quality of broadcast? We always talk about each has their own kind of each team has their own broadcast team and it kind of feeds into the to different locations. But what do you feel are some important things that are going to happen in this year's broadcast booth? It's, it's, it's actually a pretty virtually, I think is what you guys are doing all broadcast virtually. Is that right? It is. It is. We are. Um, Sorry if, if I get you in trouble for saying that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, actually. I don't know if I will or not. But uh, if you don't see me this year, thank you. It's Dustin's fault. It's you, okay. Uh, I could always use, yeah. a, use a co-host. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the, I think it was MLB kind of jumped first yeah. and started doing remote broadcasts. Um, it was just to limit traffic going to stadiums with obviously COVID and all that stuff. Um, we're probably going to definitely start that way. Yeah. We're going to look at a, a studio kind of based and we've done it before. There's, there's been some situations I've called games. I call games um, in the ARC. It's actually kind of, kind of funny. We call the game, I think it was Canada and Brazil in Brazil. And I was with James Patterson, a uh, great guy. Yeah. Um, 
and we check. I said, check the check the weather. They're like, try to try to pretend that you're there. You know, you're you're in Rio de Janeiro. You know, having a great time. Yeah, yeah. I go check check the weather for me, mate. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah. So he pulls it up, and we're in the studio at ESPN, and there's no reception. So his phone hadn't updated from about six hours earlier, and he's like, oh, it's sunny. It's like perfect, beautiful. It's go gorgeous weather here, and next thing you know, torrential rain just pour it down. It down. I was like, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> this doesn't look very professional at all, but so there will be some challenges, but um, people really do care about the broadcast side of things. I, I get a lot of you know, messages and emails and comments and, and I love, I will, I must say, I will miss getting out to the fields and be, meeting the fans. Yeah. Rugby fans, best in the world. It's so cool getting out there. You know, I had a great time in the first couple of seasons in Seattle. Um, you know, like their fans are unbelievably passionate. They're sports, fan, that place sports fans in general yep. are passionate in Seattle. Yeah. Ridiculous. Just getting up there and talking to those people. I, I will miss that. But in terms of the broadcast, well, you, you've got to compete in this landscape. You, yeah. You've got to have a product on TV that people cannot tell the difference between uh, NFL, NBA, MLB. Now, we don't have the budget yeah. those have right now, and that's understandable. So we've got to be creative. We've got to be entertaining. And as a as a commentator, my role almost becomes that of a salesperson as well. I've got to sell the league. Yeah. So I've got to understand what's the best way for me to call this game, not only for both these teams and their fans, so they feel like they get a bipartisan fair call, but what's best for the league as well. And it's it's tough. It's, it's a juggling act and you've got to be really, really good at making a, a broadcast more about what's happening on the field yeah. and not about myself. Like I'm not the star of the show. I don't want to be the star oh, of the come show. On. No, no. <laughs> I want to make sure that my co-commentators have ample time to do what they're good at. You know, Brian Hightower, Pete Steinberg, Mike Tolkien, all those guys. Yep. Give them a chance to get that rugby IQ out there and help new fans to the game. And obviously the players, the players have to be the stars. We've got to build, you're, you're a marketing guy, We've got to build the brand of the players. If we don't, People don't care. There's got to be an emotional attachment to who puts on that jersey. And once there is, hooks are in, the game sells itself after that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that, you know, uh, obviously apart from, you know, the final on CBS, do you foresee, you know, some a bigger push to show matches? And again, I, I don't know what gets discussed between MLR and, you know, these major sports organization, uh, television organizations, you know, for Fox or Fox Sports or ESPN, you know, getting off the ESPN Plus and getting on to two ESPN one, man, ESPN U for Pete's sake. I don't classic the Ocho. I don't know. There's there's, there's, there's cup stacking yet. We can't get rugby on there anymore. So, um, yeah, it's know. it's it's a pretty simple algorithm. It all comes down to money. Uh, money. Yeah. yeah. So who who's willing to pay? It's why it's why golf is such a, a popular sport because it's on the screen. It's slow. If you're an advertiser and you put your advertisement at the back of a tee box, the camera sits there for 90 seconds while they're talking to their caddy. And it's like there's value there. Rugby's a fast game. Yeah. So they've got to find the value proposition to say, hey, we're going to get numbers. We're going to get an audience. People have to watch. Yeah. I mean, if you're at home, turn your TV on, put it on. Even if you're doing something else, just put it on, get the numbers up, boost yeah. them. And, you know, advertisers will notice that CBS, Fox, ESPN, they've got an internal department that takes care of that. Yep. And if the numbers are there, they'll put it in front of a, a advertiser and they'll be like, hey, this block of television on a Saturday evening is, you know, CBS Major League Rugby. We get a million people watching. Yeah. But fingers Fingers crossed there, Dustin. A million people. That's my, that's my goal for this year. But. Man, that's I would I, that would be awesome. I, I mean, it's it's it true. Would be. I think you, you talk about building the brand. It's all about building the brand, not just of Major League Rugby, of the players, of the, of the cities that they're in, and then organizing that together. Which who are you? Who are you putting your, uh, your brand behind right now? We'll go. Who, who's your brand in Austin? Who do you want to build a brand around? And then who's who's your MLR build build a brand around? Which, which player? You've mentioned them both. Okay, so I would get Jeff Hasler on oh. every billboard that Kurt Morass on. And <laughs> I joked about traffic jams. Has will probably cause some traffic jams. That's, that's a good looking rooster right there. And, and you need a good story. You need like the, the Dom Aquinas. We mentioned Dom, Mace. Like these young guys, you need great stories that people have fallen in love with. Yeah. And they're going to get behind it. Yeah. You know? Well, you've got, you've got to have a reason to want to buy their jersey. Yeah. And it's got to be more than just 
oh, they play for Austin. It's got to be deeper attachment than that. And yeah. there's people working on it. We're getting there. Yeah. But we're fighting against a lot of noise. It's, this is a great sports market, best sports market in the world. Yeah. So I think, I think you can look at the Austin FC fans and the passion that they've had. Now, granted, Major League Soccer is at a different level than what we're at right now, but I know like the trajectory for us in MLR is good. Like it's, it's, it's high that we're growing again, million fans that watching, that would be fantastic. I think that if you look at that, how do you, how do you say we tap into that Austin, Austin FC market? How do we pull some of the people from the green into the orange? Yeah. Well, how many of those uh, actual soccer fans and how many uh, Matthew McConaughey fans who is like as Austin as they come. Yeah. So, uh, if McConaughey is to soccer, we need out, you know, we Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Rogan. There he is, Joe Rogan, if, oh, you're, if you're watching oh, or listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm begging you. I download your podcasts. You owe me. Yeah. That money from Spotify, <laughs> I was the one who tipped you over the edge. Yeah. And uh, no, but like a guy like that who has a huge market, he has a huge following. Um, it just takes Well-known. Yep. Yeah, and And – they don't have that to, they don't have to be base. Austin fans. They they just have to be no. fans of the sport. Yep. And if they want to wear orange, then more power to them. Um, but the fan base, like I know we've kind of followed everyone talks about the MLS, MLS, and the model financially is very similar. Yep. And, and the structure of the league is 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 an MLS structure. I think the fans we need to go after are the UFC fans. Yeah. Like I, I agree. It, it's it's what happened with the UFC and the ultimate fighter is we need our ultimate fighter moment. And I don't know what it is, what it's going to take, but if we have guys like Joe Rogan yeah. following it and then we have that moment and the world gets to see it because of a guy like Joe Rogan, then we're, we're on the way. We're on the rocket ship. There you go. The the ultimate fighter, the bachelor version for rugby. Like, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, maybe, maybe find some great stories and – Put them, and this is just spitballing here with you, but put some some people that people can get behind, grab them and put them in a preseason camp and the winner gets a contract in the MLR. Yeah, I mean, you know? it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, that's, no. that's a way to just to draw fans in. People are going to watch them, especially right now. Like, you know, the past, this has been a difficult year for so many reasons. 20, difficult post-season, this year is what I'm calling it because there's been nothing, there's been no rugby. Like, you know, I, I went down and I was just watching NRL like for, for a couple for a couple months, <laughs> just cause it was the only thing on granted. I enjoy yeah. it. I, I like NRL, like people in Austin and other major league rugby fans may hate me for saying that, which I, <laughs> but, in, but again, we haven't had any rugby. And so now that we're actually trying to get it, I think it's, you know, how do you fill that gap right now? There could have been something. I think there's still opportunity. So that's, that's my opinion, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, man. And it's easy to sit down and look at the last, you know, close to 12 months. Now, once we get to March when the season was shut down and look at all the negatives and there's a lot, and yeah. we can sit there and harp on it or we can do what you're trying to do and say, let's pull the positives. Let's retrospectively look at what we could have done better yeah. and how we can do things better and let's do it better. Let's get together and make this work. So yeah, it's exciting times. It, de- it definitely is. And, you know, we, we look forward to the season. We look forward to, you know, watching you, listening to you broadcast the games from the comfort of your own studio, your own home, wherever it may be <laughs> right there. And, um, but, you know, and then we look forward to, you know, hopefully getting past it and getting into having you in Austin for some of that brisket, some of that barbecue. Uh, yes. Look out. <laughs> that's going to be one you're going to miss, I bet. <laughs> what's the what's the barbecue place it's so if you go downtown you cross the river and you head down a little bit there's a barbecue spot down there uh that scott green took me down there mlrf yeah, great yeah. guy scott green uh austin native yeah one of the best he took me down there it was unbelievable such good barbecue ah. i can't remember what it was called tell what, scott i know i know you listen to the show Tell me what that place was. Scott, I don't know if you do listen to the show, but if you do, tell them what the place is. <laughs> I, if you yeah. go far enough south, uh, Valentina's is one that I'll, I'll put Valentina's barbecue up against pretty much every barbecue in town. Yeah. I love Valentina's. Brisket tacos, yeah. man. Who doesn't love brisket tacos? <laughs> I, I love them. I know. Hands right? up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dan, really enjoy you coming on chatting a little bit and we look forward to the next season. Um, the, uh, one of the OG go himself, 
Mr. Dan Power. Thanks for joining. Any any last words? Any last uh, words of wisdom and hope for Austin fans? Yeah. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just on, remember. <laughs> What you gonna do, brother? What you gonna do when Bill the Drill runs wild on you? There you go. Yes. Thank you, Mean Gene. <laughs> Dan, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Anytime, Dustin. Cheers. Go, go, Gronies. See you, mate. I want to thank. Christian and Dan for joining me on the show this week. I know Christian is really looking forward to getting the preseason started, lacing up the boots, and representing the AGs, representing Round Rock in the greater Austin area. And of course, our Gilgroniac, our favorite Gilgroniac, Mr. Dan Power, is more than excited for the 2021 season to get it kicked off and ready to go. Uh, I think everybody is ready. That's law has been <laughs> hard for a lot of people. And, you know, I think it's going to be a great season. I, I, I'm, it's going to be exhilarating, I say. I'm excited for the team. I, I got lots of optimism on how things are forming, the new coaching staff, uh, the new marketing that's been going on, how the team is shaping up is really exciting. And, of course, speaking of shaping up teams, yeah, that's a segue that I planned. The Austin Rugby Podcast is shaping up now. And what I mean by that is I'm happy to announce that I will have a new co-host and regular contributor on the show. Long overdue. He's a local Austin guy. He's a capped MLR player. He is one of the captains for the Austin Huns. And of course, you've read his work. You've seen him on everything on Flow Rugby, on Flow Sports. Mr. Alex Reese will be joining me regularly to talk things Austin, which is good because I need some help. Can't do it all on my own. <laughs> I look forward to having Alex on. He's a great kid. Love chatting with him. It's going to be a good time. And we're going to, we're going to talk a lot of rugby and we'll, you know, we'll just continue on promoting the sport as much as we can in Austin. Good stuff there. Well, uh, that's all the time that we have for this episode. If you've enjoyed watching the Austin Rugby Podcast and listening to the Austin Rugby Podcast, please make sure you like and subscribe. It's very important. Of course, if you can't get enough of Austin Rugby or Texas Rugby news and commentary, shameless plug here, turn into Texas Rugby Monthly with Mr. Rick Collins up in Dallas, Grant Cole over in Houston, and yours truly down here in Austin as we only talk Texas rugby. You can follow him on follow us on Facebook and on YouTube to watch the latest episodes. And of course, if you're listening right now, you already know because it's tied into the Austin Rugby podcast. So that's that's a great thing. We really appreciate that. Appreciate people who have come and supported us. That's all the time that we have for this episode. It's been a pleasure as always. Stay safe out there, my friends. My name is Dustin. We'll see you on the pitch.